0: Welcome to Diggit. This is Edge with my co-host Corey Lynn of Corey Stiggs. How are you feeling today, Cory?
1: Doing pretty good. How about you?
0: I'm doing all right. I'm ready to get 2023 started. I've got like you right. know, I've energy. I'm refreshed, ready to go, and just get back into the fight. So uh, it's been kind of busy, busy uh, since 2023 has started. It's starting off with a bang
1: right and we (laughs) survived 2022 i keep thinking of those shirts when i was in hawaii that you get that says i survived the road what is it the road to uh is it hana the road to hana what's the road the curvy crazy road um anyway that's what i keep thinking i'm like we survived 2022 now 2023 needs to be the pivotal year to turn the tide
0: yep yep a lot of things happening already And it is going to be a bumpy ride, but I think that people have, uh, since we've survived 2022, we're like (laughs) battle-hardened and we're ready for the fight. So, yeah, we got a lot of things to talk about today. We're going to talk about some key updates um, on things that you've been working on and announcements that you've been working on. Plus, we're going to do sort of a deep dive into this Virgin Islands Epstein scandal and latest updates on that. And definitely yeah, there's
1: a lot more going on there that meets the eye.
0: Right. So we're going to have to get into that and then um some updates on what's going on with this whole debacle with election of the House Speaker, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. It's been a funny week. Um and some good news. Um on the 11th circuit ruling regarding transgender bathrooms in schools. If we have time, we'll also talk about uh this whole deal um with athletes collapsing since um the damar hamlin um event that happened on monday night football so yeah let's get into it
1: terrible okay so i've got um i've been so quiet on social media the last couple weeks because i've been in the process of a move and um selling a house and working on a ton of stuff behind the scenes so uh let's see so friday Because we record Thursday. So on Friday, I've got the preview for a fantastic solution series episode with Rich Shaman. It's uh, off grid living, uh, which he's been doing for 15 years now. And so that's going to preview Friday, and the full episode airs Tuesday. And then I'm doing a recording tomorrow, uh, on Friday, actually. With um, I'm very excited, Jen Walters, and Matt Hale were for the solution series, which is going to come out later in January. And this one's gonna be awesome, Edge, because it's gonna be on navigating the failed healthcare system. And we've got tons of resources. Jen's uh brilliant. She's putting together this whole step-by-step guide for me. So that one's gonna be fantastic. And then uh I've been <laughs> chipping away at trying to update my red pill library volume nine which I should have had out in December but I'll get that published next week um and then I did a recording with the wonderful folks uh hosts over at Solari uh Catherine moderated it and then other allies too so there were about oh gosh maybe eight or so of us. I forget exactly the count, but it was really neat. It was fun. Uh, So it was a 2030 backcasting event where 2023 was the pivotal year. And so we're talking as though we're in 2030 already and uh, what happened in 2023 to turn the tide. And if you scroll down, we've got like the, the list of everyone who joined in on that. And so Catherine moderated and we all kind of went through and and told our our stories on like what went down in 2023. So it's fun. So that's a video that that people can click on over and watch at um Solari. And then, gosh, Robin's working on an update on the truckers, so that will be out next week. And I know you're working on um tell people what you're working on right now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. So I've been digging into the omnibus and the National Defense Authorization Act because it's really about really thousands of bills crammed into one massive omnibus. And so people need to understand all of the stuff that's tucked into that. And it's been a massive undertaking, but I'm trying to break it down into four or five key areas where they're funneling billions of dollars towards this control grid. And um, the first part that I'm working on is the medical aspect of it and the biomedical control grid. So I'm just really going through with a fine tooth comb through 8000 pages (laughs) of (laughs) legislation (laughs) to pick up key areas where they're funding this biomedical control grid
1: yeah so if people could see us behind the scenes this is what it looks like i'll i'll email our edge or her and say oh my god look at this one look at this one go to this page we got to cover this and then she'll be like look at what i just found over here and you actually did already release a report about a week ago um on the uh distributed digital ID. ledger mm-hmm. yeah distributed ledger digital id So that was all in there. Um, And so we were going back and forth and back and forth. And I'm like, but we have to cover this and we have to cover this. And I'm like, maybe we need to just bullet point this. So Edge came up with a way of breaking it down into uh, multiple parts. Um, You know, it's funny when I broke down the infrastructure bill, I don't know how I managed. Like, I don't know. I was just on it. And because that one was like, wasn't that three or 4,000 pages also? That was right. crazy, but I was able to keyword and, uh, hone in on it. Cause I knew exactly where they were going with things. And I was able to break that down and write that up in like two days. And I have no idea how the hell I did that because looking at this, at these two, I'm all over the place. I'm like, Oh, where do we begin? <laughs>
0: right. It's, <laughs> it's a lot to well, digest was- and then try to put it into like a coherent, um, Way for people to read without having to sift through 8,000 pages.
1: Right. And the reason it's important is yes, it's already been signed. It's already a done deal. So why does it matter? Well, it matters because they're implementing new programs and pilot programs, and it shows us the direction they're going, what to keep our eyes out for. What to not, what traps not to fall into, you know. It's important. and what pressure,
0: what pressure, um, people can put on their state representatives, right. as well as their federal, you know, representatives in Congress, um, to defund certain programs and to not accept federal funding from on the state level, so that you're not beholden to the federal government for all of these sort of initiatives.
1: Right. Exactly. So, okay, so I've been working on this whole Epstein thing um, because there's a lot of moving parts to this. And I'm sure everyone by now has saw the news that came out that uh, Denise George, Attorney General Denise George of the Virgin Islands, had filed a lawsuit against J.P. Morgan. So I'm going to try and talk slower than I normally do because... I've, we've got so many tabs and I have so many notes scribbled down. I don't, I, so I have to kind of put this in order as I talk. So back in May, oh, and now my, my cat's going to chime in. So back in, um, in May, 2019 is when attorney general Denise George was uh, put into office by governor Bryan. And then in August, on August 9th, is when I released my report on the St. Thomas Island and Little St. James Network that, that I had been working on that has a ton of information in it with all these key players connected, including uh, two former presidents, plus Eric Holder, you know, Kirsten Jill Brand. We've got the the former governor of the Virgin Islands and his wife. I mean, this is a uh, we got aerospace, medical stuff, and and the school. The school is key in this. So there's some overlap here with what this lawsuit's talking about. Now, the day after I released this report is when Epstein was taken out in jail. And um, so I just want to, like, let me just give a little bit of a timeline here. So January, 2020, Jor, uh, AG George filed suit against the Epstein estate. You remember that we were talking yep. about that back then. And we were going, huh, who is this new chick? Is she doing this because they want to, you know, get their hands on the estate so they can cover everything up? Or does she have good intentions or what's going on here? Mm-hmm. So that just finalized it, in November of 2022 uh they settled the suit for 105 million um now we can let's see let me go to that link that you're on right here trying to remember if there was something in here i wanted to point out but what they're doing is um i don't know if it says it in this article but in another spot i read it's $105 million, but then, okay, so then here it is in cash, but then half of the proceeds from the sale of Little St. James Island, where Epstein owned a home and authorities led, uh, authorities allege many of his crimes. Deployed. Why do they have to use the word allege? We know they right. really did. So <laughs> the the estate will also pay 450000 to repair environmental damage on Great St. James, at another island Epstein owned. Uh, where he apparently removed ruins of colonial era historical structure of slaves uh and and then proceeded to create his own structure of slaves so so that was just settled in um uh, island fifty five million yeah, okay, so that was just settled in November. then on december twenty seventh and i was trying to find who first reported on this because of how quickly this rolled out and you know so the 27th she filed the lawsuit against jp morgan chase for their connection with um basically facilitating and participating in in you know his whole sex trafficking scheme on a from a financial standpoint. And then that night at eleven ten p.m. Biden and his family fly out there to St. Croix, <laughs> uh, where the governor resides, uh, to vacation. Then on the twenty ninth, let's see. I got to look at my notes cuz I have arrows going everywhere. The the cases, there were two prior cases filed by like Jane Doe's victims, you know, against JP Morgan and and do a, say it for me, Edge. Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank. And those cases ended up getting consolidated. I believe so. We'll go over this in a second. But with this other lawsuit so and this is in New York in the New York courts, okay? So that's on the 29th. Then on the 30th, JP Morgan and Deutsche Bank filed for dismissal, which you know, we're still waiting to see what's going to come of that. The cases that were consolidated, so there's the two that were already existing and now this one from the AG um, are supposed to, are scheduled to carry out in the summer of 2023. So then January 1st, Governor Bryan fires and removes <laughs> AG Denise George and says he was not aware that she was even filing this. Okay, so that's the timeline. Um, I want to get into some key points because i i have the actual the court document and i want to get into some key points on it because uh it's just it's just scandalous so okay this is already this is on record so uh, as far as now now he made the uh what's her name something something jacobs dash darn uh basically her assistant uh Denise George's assistant is has been moved into the position as acting AG but her name is also let me scroll down and double check that but i'm pretty sure she's yes Carol Thomas Jacobs she's on this document so this is already filed in court and actually, i actually edge scrolled to the very bottom of the court document because this was dated December 20th and then they took uh, a marker over the zero and made it into a six, so December 26. But then at the top, you'll see it was technically filed on the 27th. So this had been in the works, and um, so I'm not sure, I'm not, I'm just not sure exactly how this is going to proceed right now, um, but. You know what? Maybe before we get into the court doc, hang on. Sorry. I, I like read all these articles, but I can't remember exactly where every single thing is that I wanted to point out. Cause I was doing this in the middle of the night. Um, Let's see. So do, 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 do. No, not in that one. Ah, to heck with it. Let's just go to the court document for now. Okay, so if we go down to point three. So the attorney general brings this action after presenting her findings to JP Morgan in September 2022. In her ongoing effort to protect public safety and to hold accountable those who facilitated or participated in, directly or indirectly, the trafficking enterprise Epstein helmed. The investigation revealed that J.P. Morgan knowingly, negligently, and unlawfully provided and pulled the levers through which recruiters and victims were paid and was indispensable to the operation and concealment of the Epstein trafficking enterprise." financial institutions can connect or choke human trafficking networks and enforcement actions filed and injunction injunctive relief obtained by attorneys general are essential to ensure that enterprises like Epstein's cannot flourish in the future. Now I'll go down to six. Okay. As described below based on documents reviewed and interviews conducted by the government, JP Morgan knowingly. So they conducted interviews. This was all like, Back in September, they had, you know, done all this. J.P. Morgan knowingly facilitated, sustained, and concealed the human trafficking network operated by Jeffrey Epstein from his home and base in the Virgin Islands and financially benefited from this participation directly or indirectly by failing to comply with federal banking regulations. J.P. Morgan facilitated and concealed wire and cash transactions that raised suspicion of and were in fact part of a crime criminal enterprise whose currency was the sexual servitude of dozens of women and girls in and beyond the Virgin islands. Human trafficking was the principal business of the accounts. Okay. Upon information and belief, JP Morgan turned a blind eye to evidence of human trafficking over more than a decade because of Epstein's own financial footprint and because of the deals and clients that Epstein brought and promised to bring to the bank. These decisions were advocated and approved at the senior levels of J.P. Morgan, including by the former chief executive of its asset management division and investment bank, whose inappropriate relationship with Epstein should have been evident to the bank. Indeed, it was only after Epstein's death that J.P. Morgan belatedly complied with federal banking regulations regarding Epstein's accounts. Okay, hang on. Uh, Go down to 12
0: Yeah, is anybody shocked? I mean, because we knew, we knew that J.P. Morgan was heavily involved in this, knew everything that was going on from the very beginning. I mean, Mm -hmm. Epstein really had no background in banking. He got immediately thrust into this world because of the connections that he made. And it was very clear from the start um, of his banking relationship, whether it was J.P. Morgan or some of the others, um, that it was they were all in on it. It was a big club and they knew absolutely knew that this was used to launder money for his sex trafficking ring. And they were part of it.
1: Yep. Absolutely. And you know, Deutsch it's in one of the other articles uh, we can go over after this, but they actually uh, were charged a fine of $150 million um, for after an investigation of how they were handling it, which you know is a joke i realize when when we look at if you go to the violation tracker and you look at jp morgan it's 36.1 billion reasons why we know they're corrupt right mm-hmm. i mean it's unbelievable um how much corruption and and it's like it reminds me of big pharma you know they just keep getting slapped with fines and they just keep going and they just keep doing their thing who the hell is going to prison like who's shutting them down um, they'll they just continue a year after year after year with corruption and and fines it's unbelievable right so um all right so so point 12 uh let's see okay this is where where she brings up the other case one of the other two cases pursuant to local civil rule 1.6 a the undersigned believe that this action is related to dover do one versus jp morgan chase and company because both actions arise from a common nucleus of operative fact involving defendant jp morgan's alleged participation directly or indirectly in Epstein's sex trafficking venture by facilitating payments to women and girls Channeling funds to Epstein, Epstein to fund the operation and concealing Epstein's criminal conduct by failing to comply with federal banking regulations. Um. My cat says hello. <laughs> so <laughs> if if we go down to uh, let's see, point thirty four. I don't know what page that's on. Okay, so here. They get into the timeline and breaks down. Jeffrey Epstein was an extremely high risk customer and they're showing the timeline of all this, right? And between 2005 and 2013, there were numerous press reports that Epstein sexually abused women and girls. And the reason I want to point this out is because the former governor, DeJong, if I'm saying that correctly, uh, he was governor from 2007 to 2015 and was caught up him and his wife We're caught up in all kinds of corruption, which I covered in my report back in 2019. Uh, So it's important to remember that fact (laughs) when we get to another point we're going to talk about here. Uh, So this was well known is the point, you know, this is well known. And so we can go down to, uh, oh, I skipped point 21. What was point 21? bear with me ah so oh that was just just the date you know he but he he had to be a registered sex offender right he had to document things as he uh had a felony on his record um you know he pled guilty to one count back in 08 and on and on and on these people all knew the government knew, the government was involved in this
0: 100%. The banksters yeah. were involved in it, they were part of it. This was all a gigantic money laundering, laundering scheme, Ponzi scheme. And I think that, um, the child sex trafficking ring was just a, one part of that, the most disgusting mm-hmm. part. But nonetheless, I think it was probably one part of the giant. Uh, ponzi scheme that jeffrey epstein was involved in and that these banksters were involved in from the very start they absolutely knew about it
1: right and so i want to point out one key thing she talks about in here if you go down to um point 20 well up actually page 7.25 where she talks about the southern trust company So in October 2012, the Southern Trust Company, one of the companies Epstein owned, applied for economic benefits from the Virgin Islands Economic Development Commission so that the company could provide cutting-edge consulting services in the area of biomedical and financial informatics. Southern Trust Company received a 10-year package of economic incentives running from February 1st, 2013 until January 31st, 2023. That included a 90% exemption from income taxes and 100% exemption from gross receipts, excise, and withholding taxes in the Virgin Islands. Southern Trust, in fact, appeared to perform no informatics or data mining services during this period. Instead, Southern Trust funded the Epstein Enterprise, defined below, acting as a conduit for payments to foreign women, credit cards, airplanes, and other instrumentalities. This illicit uh association of epstein businesses and his associates constitutes what is referred to herein as the epstein enterprise specifically included in the epstein enterprise were the following companies and non-profit organizations all of which had accounts with jp morgan and we've got a list of 2013 butterfly trust uh quote enterprise llc uh C O U Q Foundation, Enhanced Education, Financial Trust Company, HBRK Associates, Hyperion Air, Uh J E G E Inc. Uh J E G E L C N E S Plan D. I wonder what Plan D is. Southern Financial and Southern Trust Company. Now, if you go over to my report and you scroll down to um Cecile who is the former um, First Lady to Governor DeJong. Oh, look at that. She was the office manager for his Southern Trust Company. And she also was on the board of one of his foundations. And she also served on the board for the Antilly School in the position of treasurer for several years. And that is this network i put together was it was kind of central around this school that they are either grooming people for uh you know it could be a mix of things it could be money laundering right Mm -hmm. running the money through there it could be uh a grooming school it could be they could be trafficking who who knows but that's why i wanted to point this out back in 2019 because i mean we've got former presidents right
0: so, older. oh yeah i mean everybody's involved in this military this
1: here. i mean uh-huh. it is it is massive this is massive so and- is there any question as to why de or the
0: the current is de the current governor of the furniture no no
1: okay. brian is and i covered him in this report too because um hang on let me let me keyword it here uh, so he, ah, uh, yeah. So, okay. Um, he was, uh, da, 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 da. Okay. Richardson, who's also mentioned in the, all the case against Epstein and everything, he's tied into all that. Uh, he, the, the former governor of New Mexico, sorry. right,
0: Bill Richardson. So he was
1: taking campaign funds from Epstein Mm-hmm. who you know and so he happened to be in saint thomas at the time albert brian jr was inaugurated um as the new governor and that was in uh uh january 2019 i believe and then uh right after i published this is when literally just like an hour or a few hours after i published this is when these exhibits uh the epstein depositions were released where they bill richardson of course was mentioned in there so um brian was appointed as the commissioner of labor by the former governor de back in 2007
0: okay so he's so, tied in and so is there yes. any reason as to why the governor would shut down this case that is going to blow wide open mm-hmm. the financial corruption that all of these people are linked to.
1: Oh yeah, and and Eric Holder took the reins on that. So what's even crazier, like I was rereading some of my report last night and I was like trying to think how many hours this must have taken me to do, because there's it's such a web. It like right. from his literally from his comms to his CPA to all these people but but with the central focus around the school that they're all tied into um and you've got aerospace involved i mean this this is some crazy stuff and uh what was i just thinking um hang on let me go up and look at my map here oh and and andrew farkas didn't you cover him in one one of the reports or now where epstein was like 50 percent owner of the marina and the crazy like the the red hook address that i tracked down in here that he used as his address that that funnels through his cpa that literally goes to a boat slip right um i mean it's just the it's like a a money laundering trafficking cover-up scheme and so there was actually this big investigation into um former governor de and his wife and eric holder was at the helm of this and what i have that whole thing covered in here towards the bottom and if i recall they did end up having to you know it all had to do with money of course and they did end up having to pay a fine um to pay back to pay back some money but then the whole case was just like totally dismissed and tucked under the rug right so i mean so my my point is this stuff's. i mean kudos to ag george for having the balls to do this and get it get it submitted to the courts even though some portions of it were redacted there's plenty of information in it to get that out in public eyes so they know what's going on even if this ends up getting dismissed or even if this goes all the way and they end up, you know, having to pay millions of dollars in fines and then nothing else happens to them. This is all in the public eye and people need to realize how these big bankers are tied in to all of this crap.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah, because just because Epstein is gone I mean, and people do bring oh. this up quite a bit, is that we, we saw through the entire Gillian Maxwell trial how this woman who is supposedly, you know, the um the fixer for um setting up all of these encounters, but there's no Johns. We don't have any lists of Johns. Those right. are all, you you know right. what I mean? Like, how right. can you be a sex trafficker if there's no um information received about who was was on the receiving end right Right. and so you know we we still have yet to know who any of these johns are and we know why because they're all very very powerful people who have gotten Mm -hmm. all of this swept under the rug and the very people that we're talking about many of them are involved in this whole bank fraud um side of it where denise george the the ag the former ag from virginia islands was trying to uh uncover that and that's why she got fired
1: right so let me just go over a few more points and then show this one other court document um of how this is uh being consolidated so so if we go down to point 51 Head of J.P. Morgan's private bank had close close personal relationship. Former senior executive Jess Staley developed a close relationship with Epstein when Staley was the head of J.P. Morgan's private bank, which is a segment of J.P. Morgan's business dedicated to extremely wealthy clients with at least $10 million in assets. And we can see right here on this page, there are several pages redacted here, but fortunately, there's uh, there's a lot of information that was given out in this. Um, At the time of Epstein's death in 2019, Staley was the chief executive officer of Barclays. So so what's happening over at Barclays? We already know their involvement in a lot of things. However, Staley stepped down from that position in November 2021 after British financial regulators concluded an investigation into Staley's characterization of his relationship with Epstein. Interesting. So then we go down to. uh, Why did I put uh epstein brought additional yeah he brought additional high network clients to jp morgan uh 69 in january 2013 da, 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 the office of the comptroller of the currency o- occ entered into a consent order with jp morgan regarding deficiencies in the bank's overall program uh they found Uh, consistent with the government's findings here that J.P. Morgan failed to develop adequate due diligence on customers and failed to comply with federal banking regulations. In fact, the OCC noted that J.P. Morgan failed to identify significant volumes of suspicious activity. That's that's a no-brainer there.
0: Fraud and money laundering is what they're saying. J.P. Morgan was complicit in fraud and money laundering and knowingly doing that through
1: Jeffrey Epstein and all of his co-conspirators. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And employees benefited. They were moved up the ranks for helping. So the New York state department of financial services investigated Deutsche bank for failures to monitor Epstein's accounts on July 6th, 2020. And the, uh, NYS DFS and Deutsche bank entered into a consent order with a 150 million penalty, which stated in relevant parts, and we don't need to read all that, but, um, yeah 150 million is you know a drop in the bucket that's nothing for these people uh but it's on the record and that's one key important thing it's certainly not shutting it down at the moment but okay so this is why i call bs to this point 78 okay i'm not quite sure why she put this in here but (laughs) Probably uh, just to provide a little cover, but the government of the Virgin Islands did not know and could not have known that Epstein used J.P. Morgan to facilitate his trafficking enterprise or that J.P. Morgan turned a blind eye to unusual cash transactions and wires and failed to carry out or follow up on basic due diligence and to timely comply with federal banking regulations as required by law. Bullshit. Right. The government <laughs> of knew. course they knew. John do. was in on this. Come yeah. on his wife was freaking funneling the money come on right you just outlined
0: yeah you just outlined in your report you know from three years ago that
1: (laughs) four years ago four years ago
0: that you know the entire um network in virgin islands was not just aware of what was going on but completely part of it
1: oh yeah oh yeah so then uh okay so last point let's see So in exchange for facilitating and covering up Epstein's commercial sex trafficking, J.P. Morgan's employees received financial benefits and career advancement. Uh, Facilitating and covering up Epstein's sex trafficking venture was a means for J.P. Morgan's employees to obtain economic success and promotion within J.P. Morgan. And then we go down to do 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 do. Where did it go? uh yeah i don't really like the request for relief section um but uh in return for knowingly and intentionally participating in directly or indirectly facilitating and concealing by failing to comply with federal banking regulations regarding epstein related accounts jp morgan both profited from the use of the funds in their accounts and received and that's redacted so what did they receive hmm by receiving blank in return for participating in directly or indirectly facilitating and concealing by failing to comply, da 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 da, JP Morgan unlawfully and unjustly enriched itself at the expense of other banks that complied with their legal obligations. Yada yada. Requests for relief. It's all about freaking money. Um, It is, you know, we want to use the money for this, and 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 there is mention in here of the government. Like, let's see that the court award, the government com- compensatory consequential general and nominal damages as suffered by the government and or Epstein's victims and punitive damages all against JP Morgan and amounts to be awarded at trial. And, you know, this is all kind of semi redundant here on the end of that on what they're requesting, but it's all about fees and money and this and that. And they do mention the victims. So, um, Oh, what was I wanting to, Oh yeah okay let me find the law and crime one if we go to the bottom of the law and crime article okay the case that george filed against jp morgan chase uh before her departure (laughs) departure before she was fired on the first just just four days later uh, has been marked as related to the proposed class action lawsuits filed in the same court against JP Morgan Chase and Deutsche Bank, currently pending before senior U.S. District Judge Jed Rakoff. Those now consolidated cases have been scheduled for trial in the Southern District of New York in the summer of 2023. So if we look at that next, uh, it's just a one-pager document here that's filed on december 29th two days after george had filed it says government of the united states virgin island plaintiff you know versus jp morgan chase so this is how this reads and you you tell me how you interpret this edge Barring any objection from Plaintiff Government of the United States Virgin Islands, which must be made by joint telephone call to Chambers no later than 5 p.m. on January 4, 2023, this case is hereby consolidated for all pretrial purposes with Doe v. Deutsche Bank uh, and Doe versus J.P. Morgan Chase & Company. Further, except for any motion to dismiss which we know that both of them filed on, was it the 30th? Where did I write that? Uh, yes. Uh, JP Morgan and Joyce both filed on the 30th trying to get it dismissed. I I don't know that they'll get it dismissed. Uh, <laughs> so this case will be governed by the case management plan dated December 5th, 2022, previously entered in those cases. Um Counsel for the government of the United States Virgin Islands and counsel for JP Morgan Chase Bank should jointly call Chambers again by no later than 5 PM on January 4th, 2023 to set a schedule for any motion to dismiss in this case. So my question is this was, this consolidation went down on the 29th, two days after she had filed, she had mentioned the one case against the Doe versus JP Morgan in her filing But then she was shit canned on the first. So did a did a a call go in and say, okay, you know, yes, go ahead. We want this consolidated. Now is the acting attorney general going to step in and see this through? I don't. That's the part where I get fuzzy with this.
0: Right, I think we're just going to have to watch it play out. But guaranteed that um, this is not going to go down the way that Attorney General the uh, Attorney General Denise George wanted it to go down. Right. Um, they're definitely trying to obstruct, so I would imagine that they're going to try to get this dismissed, um, somehow. So.
1: Right, right. So I wish that some high level people would look at the damn network I put together four years ago, because you know and like i said i realize these these people have a lot of power these bankers have a lot of power and uh i don't think it's coincidence that biden family went on vacation there that same evening and yeah right uh-uh.
0: yeah quid pro joe just shows up in the virgin islands just as this case drops and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it she gets fired. Um, sounds pretty familiar, and. Right. You know, I know that the the Democrat governor in Virgin Islands has been trying to get more money dumped into the Virgin Islands for so-called renewable energy when it's really just a black hole of money laundering. And right. uh, so we'll just have to wait and see. Biden will probably make an announcement sometime soon. Oh, I'm reinvesting into the Virgin Islands, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> right. Since Denise
0: George got fired.
1: Yep. Oh yeah. my goodness.
0: That's how that What works. a
1: web. What a web.
0: Huge web. Yeah. So thanks for breaking that down for us because there's a lot of moving parts with it. I hope that some more information comes to light and this does not die off because really there's so many people still that need to be held accountable.
1: And people yeah. that still have accounts with Chase Bank, JP Morgan, please get the hell out. We've oh, been saying yeah. this for years. Get out of these bigger banks. They're corrupt as hell. They don't care about protecting your money for you. And this is how they're using, choosing to use their money in trafficking minors. Yeah. You know, financially assisting.
0: Yep. A hundred percent.
1: All right. So moving on to
0: the next topic, Um, we need to talk about this
1: debacle that's been
0: coming on this week. <laughs> the election of the house speaker. So here we are. Um, on the ninth uh, round of votes going to have to go to a 10th round because mccarthy's um, lost so i bet you this might be the last one for thursday and then we will go into to friday but yeah i mean it's been days of votes in the house without electing a, a speaker each vote cast is going each round of votes is going less and less in mccarthy's favor and this coalition of twenty Republicans against McCarthy and his election has been really holding firm for real reform, and it's been great to see that because um, you you really see in this situation um, the DC Uniparty and the the Republicans were actually willing to go against the D.C. Uniparty. Um, I have seen overwhelming support for these 20 Republicans who keep standing uh, against McCarthy and for real change um, by voters and by citizens, whereas on the other hand, a lot of D.C. Uniparty, a lot of media um, pressure coming um, for you know voting for mccarthy so but mm-hmm. i did want to show you know who these 20 um republicans are andy biggs dan bishop lauren Boebert, josh bresheen uh michael cloud andrew clyde eli crane brian uh, i'm sorry byron donalds um matt gates bob good paul gosar andy harris anna paulina luna Mary Miller, Ralph Norman, Andy Ogles, Scott Perry, Matt Rosendale, Chip Roy, and Keith Self. These are the uh, 20 Republicans who have been consistently um, voting against McCarthy over these multiple rounds of votes for speaker. There's definitely some key things that these Republicans are looking for and that they had asked for um, before it came to this. You know, they've been asking for it since the summer when they knew this day was going to come. And really McCarthy has stalled them and thought that they would kind of buckle under pressure, but they're not. So here's kind of the things that they're looking for. Uh, The Republicans want a rules package, and it looks like McCarthy's actually really willing to agree to many of these things at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, So but we'll see. The Republicans want a rules package that's going to lower the threshold on a motion to vacate from five to one, which is basically their ability to more easily oust a speaker because they don't trust him and they know his promises won't be kept. And another concession is agreeing to not get involved in safe, open seat primaries. And what we've seen in the past, especially with 2022 and previously, um, that the GOP was putting millions and millions of dollars into these primaries to get rhinos elected instead of MAGA, America First people uh, candidates. So there's this promise to not get involved in these kinds of primaries where the GOP puts money behind uh, establishment candidates. Another one is um, part of a rules package that Republicans want um, rule changes designed to break up these massive spending bills into separate bills uh, Mm -hmm. instead of continuing to allow these massive $1.7 trillion spending bills that are just rammed through Congress at the end of the year. And also um, that require um, making our job a
1: lot harder.
0: (laughs) And there are already rules as far as balancing the budget with these spending bills. If you spend something here, you have to take away here or you have to find a way of creating other revenue, that kind of thing. They just haven't been following the rules. Imagine that. Right, exactly. So this is holding their feet to the fire and holding them accountable on that. Um, Another concession is to um, assign more Freedom Caucus members to House committees. Um, This includes the Rules Committee, which really plays a key role in determining which legislation actually makes it through to the floor on the House. And another concession is to bring a vote to the floor on both term limits and border security, even with all of this okay because they were Mm. negotiating all day on wednesday and back and forth and and mccarthy has basically agreed to do everything because he's you know that's he'll he'll say anything to get elected right right Right. um but even with all of this it's still not enough as you can see and the bottom line is because they just don't trust him he'll say anything you want to hear to get what he wants and they know it so like i said there is just a lot of support behind um these 20 republicans who are standing firm and by just regular citizens that i've been seeing on social media and everywhere else but on the other hand there's a ton of support for the by the establishment dc uniparty from mccarthy as you can see world economic forum forum has already announced him as the winner (laughs) right (laughs) oh my
1: god so how many more days of this do we have when does this when does this get wrapped up
0: Oh, my gosh. We don't know. I mean, the longest lasting um, voting um, rounds for a House speaker to determine a House speaker, it went 133 rounds. This was back in the wow. 1850s. It took two months to determine <laughs> wow. a House speaker. And McCarthy is saying, he's, you know, he's never given up. The 20 Republicans are saying they're never given up. I have a feeling <laughs> McCarthy is going to buckle. And um so that's why I'm just you know I'm kind of hopeful to see um to see who can stand strong for the longest because it seems like people are defecting um with each of these rounds of voting um and it's going less and less and less in mccarthy's favor clearly he does not have consensus and he needs to withdraw and allow someone who does have consensus to unite the party and it's kind of some funny interesting things that have happened um well first of all they've they've nominated Byron uh Donalds multiple times I didn't even know who Byron Donalds Mm -hmm. um was he's a new florida representative he's only been serving since january 21 um he is a freedom caucus member he seems like a a you know a a strong conservative um he did actually vote to object to the certification of electors on the 2020 election so that shows that he's at least willing to go against the dc uniparty but of course the democrats have to make it all about race and um you know him being a, a black republican oh yeah yeah he's not then he's not a real black person i guess he's just yeah, a prop Christ. Right, okay, so Cory Bush, the Democrat, had to had to say he's just being used as a prop to perpetuate white supremacy. Of course, you know, they always always have to go there. but mm-hmm. some other funny kind of comments and different things that came out this week, um Paul Gosar and Matt Gates were seen they were spotted on camera talking to AOC during these multiple rounds of voting and of course, everybody on social media was just so curious as to what in the world. Paul Gosar and Matt Gates would have to say to AOC, and of course bad lip reading uh, an account on Twitter had to uh, throw in their take on what it is. It's just a 30-second clip, but it offers some, you know, a little comic relief, so I thought I'd play yeah. that.
1: Okay, cool. You dreamt of Dracula? Mm-hmm. While we're on this sort of stuff. <laughs> You heard of the Pied Piper?
0: hmm mm-hmm. Well, in my dream, Pied Piper had toilet paper, one sheet mm-hmm. of the cheap kind. Yes. And mm-hmm. he took that, and he ripped out a creme brulee and a little mm-hmm. tiny pepper. Uh-huh. Yes. Before mm-hmm. he ate mm-hmm. a tree. You didn't have that dream. Uh, yes, I did. Okay, nope. Okay, you did not. Don't tell me you did. Mm-hmm. It's not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't ever get to mm-hmm. dream of the Pied Piper eating mm-hmm. a tree. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you're telling me mm-hmm. you dreamed that too.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I uh, then it wasn't as cool as my dream. That's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) It's good stuff. I love when people do videos like that. It is, because we just need humor and all this chaos.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, and there's been a lot of it through this whole chaos of the House speaker election. So keep your eyes out on how that develops. But um, it's been an interesting week. Um, One more thing that I wanted to cover, at least. Real quick before we close out, is some more good news um, coming out of the 11th Circuit with a ruling that they recently made uh, regarding transgender bathrooms in schools. So, just before the new year, uh, the 11th Circuit actually reversed a district court ruling, which the district court had ruled in favor of a plaintiff who was a transgender person who claimed discrimination based on their inability to use the opposite biological sex bathroom in their school. And so the 11th Circuit reversed that by deciding that schools can prohibit transgender people from using bathrooms of the opposite biological sex. The court ruled that bathrooms can be separated based on biological sex and school's can offer transgender people separate sex neutral bathrooms. So, this is definitely a win. And it's already having a domino effect because. Whatever
1: with the little alien head that. <laughs> I was just, I was uh, at a restaurant uh, a few weeks back with a friend and I go back to use the bathrooms. I've never been at this place before. And I turned the hallway and I'm like, oh, my God, there's like six bathrooms here. And on every single one, it had the rendering, like like you see there, the, the third one over where it's half skirt, half pants. And then underneath it, it just says whichever. Yeah. And that was on all of the bathrooms. Yeah, There you
0: go. That's the yeah. trend now. Well, apparently mm-hmm. the trend is being reversed because of the select. Uh, 11th Circuit ruling. And here's a a good example. So a Florida district has um, actually switched. Um, So this school in Pasco County School District, which is the Tampa Bay area, for five years, they had a transgender policy. They just reversed that based off of the 11th Circuit Ruling. So now students are going to be required to use bathrooms and locker rooms based on biological sex rather than gender identity. So it's already having a positive effect. Um, school districts are switching their transgender policies um, with this um, school district in Tampa Bay being one of them. And this is considered, I think, a major win for those parents. Uh, who've been fighting, you know, these woke school boards. I think about, I thought immediately about Loudoun County. Um, do you remember when that dad got arrested, when he was protesting at a Loudoun County uh, uh school board meeting um, after his daughter had been assaulted in mm-hmm. a bathroom from a uh, gender-fluid boy. And so, um, yeah, so just to give a, an update on that, um, a, a grand jury just last month determined that the school was at fault, that there were some major major um, issues because they didn't report it. It seemed like a cover-up, total cover-up of what Mm. had happened. And this was very, very serious because it was two girls, the same gender-fluid, boy that did it. And one of the girls was actually a ninth grade girl that was sodomized. It, it's it's bad. So, you know, um, mm-hmm. and it looked like the co- the school had completely covered it up while this grand jury just last month decided that the school was completely at fault um, and that they were Uh, that they failed at every juncture um, basically to protect um, these girls so it looks like the tide is turning in our favor both in the court system and obviously in the uh, public perception of um, what the real world world consequences are when we have these sort of gender fluid bathrooms and locker rooms and everything yeah but
1: the one thing i don't care for is The fact that they're using imagery and symbolism to get uh, on on all the doors, you know, across the country or countries where they're doing the whichever and the whatever and the half skirt and the half pants because they're still getting their point across. By by drilling that imagery into people to try to remove gender altogether and create mass confusion, so that that's that's the
0: goal. That's the goal, and that's exactly what they're masters at. It's never winning the argument based off of merit. It's just how they sell it and how they manipulate words and change words um, to have different meanings. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, marketing
1: experts. Yeah,
0: it's all psychological warfare.
1: (laughs) Yep, it is.
0: Yeah. So I just want to quickly mention, um, and I'll be brief about this before we close out, um, about how we've been talking a lot lately this week uh, about athletes um, and how things have been uh how how athletes over the past couple of years have been collapsing obviously with Damar Hamlin um collapsing on Monday night um during the Bills game and um how just shocking that was for everybody um and how it has created this broader discussion about athletes collapsing collapsing over the last 2 years over social media but Quick update on Damar Hamlin. It looks very positive, actually, um, that he is um, recovering, that he is, uh, he's woken up, he has um, Mm. held hands with his family members. It looks like he's um, showing signs of cognition. So prayers for him and his recovery. But I just want to say we still don't know whether it was certain, you know, with certainty if he had the COVID jab or if that was the cause or whatever. But the event has.
1: I I just – I got to believe that all sports professionals were probably mandated to get them, don't you think?
0: They were mandated to get them. But we know that several uh, members did not get them, such as Aaron Rodgers, who was very vocal about it. Right. Um, So, like I said, with certainty, we don't know. And so, I mean – Regardless of that, this event has opened the eyes of millions of people right. and sparked a discussion about the harms of the COVID injection. And that is the silver lining about that. And uh, Dr. Peter Mercola did put out a really excellent study on this very subject with some really dramatic numbers that paint a clear picture um, about athletes um, and, and, and dying on the field or at least collapsing on the field. So from 2021 to present, so for the past two years, Since the rollout of the COVID jab, uh, 1,101 athletes have died from cardiac arrest. This is the same number of athletes under the age of 35 who died from heart conditions over the previous 38 years combined.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. So it shows how dramatically this has, you know, we've seen lots of anecdotal video after video of athletes collapsing, but it really does put perspective when there's a study like this that compares the last two years versus 38 years, you know, combined and how much that's increased. So,
1: right. Someone needs to do a video with, uh, At least a hundred of them. I know I've seen some videos where people have spliced together the video footage of them collapsing, but it needs to be like a memorial to them. And, um, with an announcement about the dangers of the COVID jab, I'm telling you, it's just, but yeah, it is. It's definitely, it's so sad and heartbreaking and it's not just athletes. We've got children and, um, people of all ages, you know, from this and we know it. And our listeners know it, but the CDC will continue to say it's safe and effective. And Biden administration will continue to say, go get that COVID jab for Christmas.
0: Right. Yep. But I think people are waking up massively. I mean, I I, um, didn't pull this up, but there was a recent Rasmussen poll where a huge segment of the population is saying that they believe they know someone personally who died from the COVID jab. Oh, yeah I saw that poll yeah mm-hmm. yeah so I mean I think that that we are 2023 is really going to be a turning point going yep. back to that um, that video that you guys did put out through Solari uh, mm-hmm. that you published on Corey Stiggs people should go check that out but I do think 2023 is definitely going to be a turning point what do you think
1: I do too absolutely I think everyone is is <laughs> i think the percentages are starting to work in our favor and uh people are going to start stepping up more and more and on a state and local level we're we're already starting to see differences and changes being made on state and local levels so everyone needs to just keep on pushing through this bumpy ride that's right it's gonna be bumpy but no one will ever say it was boring (laughs) (laughs) right right
0: (laughs) All right, guys, please be sure to share this podcast. We are on BitChute, Foxhole, GabTV, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Pilled, Rumble, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, no longer on YouTube. Please be sure to subscribe to our other platforms. And we'll see you back next time right here on Dig It.